in the beginning I, I arrived and people came to me and they were like, oh, it's so great that you're here because we've got such a hard time doing this like 3D visualizations. And it was really, they thought, okay, I'm here now and I'm the 3D guy. Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories. That's Q-L-I-K dot D-E slash datastories. Hey everyone, welcome to Data Stories. Hi Enrico, how are you doing? I'm doing great. That's great. So today we have a project episode with Kim Albrecht and he designed an amazing data visualization project about success in tennis and also another one on the cosmic web. And uh, we really love talking to Kim about science communication and how to make sense of messy networks. I really love talking to Kim. He's one of my favorite designers. You guys should check his website and see what kind of amazing projects he has. And in this episode, I really like the way he describes how he works with scientists. It's a very unique situation. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. So let's bring him on. Here's Kim and enjoy the show. So today we have Kim Albrecht on the show. Hi, Kim. Hi, thanks for having me, you too. Yeah, good to have you. Kim, can you briefly introduce yourself? Tell, tell us what you have been doing in the past, what you're doing now, where you're working. Yeah, so um, I've got a background in design and graphic design and interaction design. And um, currently I'm in Boston uh, working at the complex, um, at the Center for Complex Network Research. And yeah, we're, we're a lab with about 30 researchers and most of my colleagues are physicists and mathematicians. And I'm the odd guy. I'm the designer in the team. And yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's a great role to have, right? You're like the artist yeah. among the nerds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a designer within a group of physicists. That's great. Ah, it's the, it's yeah. the best. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. I think yeah. it's very uncommon. It's very uncommon. I think there are not many, not many positions like that. Yeah. So, so it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. And we actually share some background. So we both studied at FH Potsdam in Germany, right? Exactly, so yes. greetings to Boris Müller, who brought us on the <laughs> database track, I guess. <laughs> and Marianne Dirk. <laughs> and many, many other great people. Yeah, yeah there are so many, many great, great people. people. Yeah, many other great. Yeah. yeah, it's really a hub. <laughs> yeah. So the project we want to talk about today is called Untangling Tennis. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, The subtitle is, it's a visual and data analytic exploration of success in tennis and covering the relationship between performance and popularity. So that seems like an interesting topic and the project is also super interesting. So we thought, um, yeah, let's talk about it. So uh, can you first describe roughly like what the project is about? So I heard it's about tennis and popularity, but maybe you can uh, mm -hmm. fill in a bit more detail here. And also let us know how it all started. Like how, how did it come about this whole project? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the project is part of a bigger project in the lab, which is about success and 
trying to understand success and um, trying to use data to understand success. And we had to come up with some kind of definition how to frame success. And in our eyes, there are two components to this. So one is the performance. So you need to do something good. So you need to do a good podcast. You need to be very good at writing. You need to do great data visualizations. But this also needs to be reflected um, from the society. So there's some kind of um, component that needs to reflect that if you're like an amazing writer. Um, but nobody knows about this and you're not really successful. So it's these two components and how do they play together to create um, this kind of success. And yeah, the tennis project is the first time that we actually looked at success in sport. And it started, I think, like two years before I came. So it's a very long project. It's going on since like three years. And when I came in, they already had... Um, had the data and had the analysis and my colleague, she's a physicist, it's her project, it's her mind project and uh, she already did another and a lot of analysis and went through the data and she actually created a model so that was the point uh, when I joined the, the team. Mm -hmm. And she already had a few like hypotheses or findings and uh, was your role more to take these in like ready insights and illustrate them or was your role also to help with the exploratory data analysis and finding out what the, what's actually what can be said with the data so it was purely exploratory so the idea was she had like she had visualizations that were very um uh, on a very high level so like scatter plots of like all the players and and my role when I came in was actually first of all to find outliers to find things that don't match where where's the model so so this model is predicting Wikipedia page views based on um, your performance data so she used different measurements of performance to predict uh, how many page views you're going to have tomorrow so um That's the idea, and, and I joined the team to find um, people who, where this was not fitting. And then we used the visualizations to understand why this is not fitting. So that was my, my big role in this project. Mm -hmm. So it was actually helping the scientists while everything was still unclear to, to get a sharper view of, of the phenomenon and tune the model and, and figure things out. Yeah, exactly. very nice. Yeah. So it was a lot of back and forth. So Kim, can you describe how the design process uh, go? So uh, I guess so. You already said you've been you started by creating some exploratory charts to find outliers. Uh, but what I really like of the project is that it's very well polished and and beautiful and insightful. So can you describe how you went from say one single scatter plot to to the final beautiful product? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big project. All the projects here in the lab run for very long. So, Laszlo aims to have like projects with Landnerist, which run like two to three years. And so, there's a lot of time and we did a lot of charts. Like, there, there were like, I've got like a hundred different things that we did and we threw out a lot of, a lot of different charts. So, it, One, one way this, this was, or this came about was like that we created first like a bar chart uh, kind of thing where we compared like the model and the actual um, page views. And then it was like, ah, okay, but 
but this is like overall, this is from 2009 to 2015, aggregated data. Uh, so what if we look at that per year? And then uh, this created this um, little like different charts. And then it was like, okay, but then now we've got like this visualizations that show us um, how it goes by year. But, but what about a closer view and, and like that? So we worked, the design process was very much like doing a simple visualization and then adding more and more data into it. So yeah, it was nice. So can you describe, uh, I know that the final product is made of quite a few different charts. I think it would be useful for the listeners to understand a little bit of how the charts look like. I know it's hard to describe, but I think it would be useful just to get a sense of what we are talking about. So it's always small multiples. So we've got this view where we can where we can arrange like this icons, which always display one player, um, and we've got five hundred of them um, in different arrangements. So we can put them on like a grid structure, or we can like do scatter plots with them. And then each player has like different symbols. So we can either show the performance of a player of his entire career, or we can show his Wikipedia page views from 2009 to 2015, or we can compare the model with the actual page views. And then there's a second step in the visualization, which always shows you like close-ups of individual people. So if you click on them, you get like a close-up view with like the Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. And what I really like about the presentation is also it's a long website. Basically, there's a video on top that you know tells the story in two minutes. It's sort of the the quick executive version, mm -hmm. and then there's this sort of series of different charts with short text annotations. And it's sort of in between a project summary, a very short paper, or an annotated chart collection <laughs> you know it's sort of um, <laughs> yeah. this you know yeah. it, it's sort of this mixed format and uh, i think this is very interesting so i invite all the listeners uh, to check out the this collection untangling minus tennis.net yeah and there is also a, be in the show notes it also yeah. has a very nice scientific flavor you have some equations here and there i, I really like yeah. i really <laughs> like that and you are using a lot of icons i love icons i okay, think it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's underestimated <laughs> and underused <laughs> Yeah, so, so what we're trying there is like to open up this kind of scientific processes. And normally it's like very hidden and in, in this dense paper. So we try to, we try to take this visualizations or a couple of them and publicize them and make this projects more open to the public and more accessible. And now, if you look at the whole product, and uh, also now it's it's been published already for half a year or so. Yeah. Um, what were the lessons you learned? Like when you published it, I guess you had some ideas of what would be the most successful part, or what people will cling on, and is this also what happened, or were there surprises in terms of the reception? Which were the parts that people referred to the most? Like, what's the the bigger picture here in terms of reception? Mm -hmm. Uh, the reception was not that good, I have to say. Like, so. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I liked it. So, yeah, yeah me too. It, it was very interesting. It was very interesting. And, and I'm trying to figure out what the, what the problem is. So what's going on here? And I think, like, it's not really something where you can easily, what you can easily, um, digest. So you have to go there and you have to spend some time to understand mm -hmm. what's going on. And it's very, there are a lot of different charts that interact and that play around it. 
I mean, I'm now preparing a talk for this, and just to explain what's going on, I need like 10 minutes. Um, so, and I think yeah, that's yeah. in the digital age, it's too long. So, so I'm very, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what could we change to make this more running. I think. But that's like a typical like problem charge. in science communication. Yeah. No, you always have something yeah, way sure. too complicated, yeah. and you know, and somehow you need to think about ah, what do we do? Yeah. 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 Exactly. And we've got a lot of projects. Um, like coming up or going on so so I'm trying to figure out okay how can we make this I, I would love to like give people the access to like the entire project I mean this is like a reflection on like on like the entire project but um, how can we make it that it's also accessible and that you've got this I think what we need is like this first aha moment mm -hmm. which might be missing a little bit so we tried this with this like um, long page and trying to tell the story and then also have this explorative view tool that you can use mm. but it didn't nail it completely in that in that project so yeah far. so maybe it was lacking a good like surprising shocking finding yeah. that everybody can relate to yeah it's but exactly. I mean some I mean most of science research does not is not shockingly surprising right <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. So not every study can reveal like uh, the big things, right? Yeah. Yeah. The outcome of the project is a little bit yes. You need to to perform well to to have a lot of popularity. So that's also <laughs> like okay. Yep. Um, so we found some outliers. There's some interesting people in there who are, who are behaving very different, and there are this like things you can you can do like this record stuff so for example if you have the longest match if you throw the hardest ball if you um, do something very crazy on the court then um, that gives you a lot of popularity which is not reflected in in the actual um, in the actual performance data so so there are some interesting things but it's not this like big big splashy findings mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so data stories listeners are excused to They can press pause and go to <laughs> untangling okay. ten yeah, net, read yeah. it through and come back. <laughs> as long as you come back. As long as you come back. They will. <laughs> Very good. So this is a good time to take a little break and talk about our sponsor. Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at www.click.de slash datastories. On March 14, Click Visualization Advocate Patrick Lundblad authored a blog post identifying his favorite data visualization pioneers on Pi Day. These are some of the true classics from the 18th and the 19th century, such as Charles Minard's Napoleon March, which has been largely popularized by Tufti, and the cholera map, the famous map physician John Snow created to show the root cause of a cholera outbreak was coming actually from an infected pump. And also the splendid work of Florence Nightingale, such as her Coscom visualization showing causes of mortality in the army in the East. You can find the link to the blog post in the show notes and in the transcripts, and you will see that there are many, many more fascinating examples. And now we can go back to the show. So, Kim, you talk about some outliers. So that's maybe 
some surprising facts that you found in the data. Can you maybe describe what kind of outliers you found? Yeah, this is this is one guy. This is one guy. He's very interesting. He uh, it looks a bit like a trumpet, like his like um, his Wikipedia page views against the. Um, what the model is predicting, and he actually got married to like a superstar um, actress. <laughs> so that's something. That's, that's why something he's so popular. That can push. <laughs> that that can make you super popular. And then there's this um, <laughs> like uh, Marko Djokovic and um, his little brother, and um, yeah, it's like he got famous because he got this super famous big brother. And then there are like, it's also interesting. There are a few um, child actors. So they, they did first acting and um, like as children and then they became tennis players and um, they're also like like outliers. So, so there are this like people who, who managed to have like um, popularity in tennis without being very successful yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the overall trend is still, is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think the point about the like the popularity was interesting. I know you have a second project that you just published. Uh, it's on the Cosmic Web. Yes. And uh, when we talked about the episode before, you said it's sort of the opposite of this one in a sense that it's totally different from the whole approach. And this one seems to strike much more accord with the the web crowd. Can you tell us a bit more about uh, the Cosmic Web project? Yeah, so the Cosmic Web project actually started, it started a bit later than the tennis project, but it's also going on for about a year now. And um, it, it was about, a colleague came to me and was like, oh, so nice that you're here now. Um, I need a 3D visualization. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I like 3D so, visualizations. So. I want to see more of them. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, let's let's first try other things. And I did this like scatter plot, small multiples. And I did like parallel coordinates and try to avoid everything to, to not do a 3D visualization. And then and nothing really worked. The data was like huge and very dense. And then I was like, okay, let's do uh, let's do a 3D 3D version of this. And we plotted it and looked at it, and it was like, wow, okay, this is this is very nice. There's like so much structure in there. And from there on, like we did a lot of refinements and like changed the interface. But it's very simple. It's like. The, the tennis stuff has like all this multiple layers and these things you can click through and in the in the universe visualization you actually you have this one cube uh, where you have galaxies and you've got different models how to how to create um, models out of this um, to connect these galaxies to one another uh, but it's very simple you've got like one filter that you can use and that was interesting for the scientists but it's it's rather a, a very simple interface in that sense so it was very yeah. different and visually it's very striking it's black and white which is a nice uh, touch it's a very restrained yeah. uh, visualization um, <laughs> And lots of particles, lots of connections. Yeah. So it's it's very rich in in, in visual terms, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's twenty four thousand nodes yeah. and like two hundred thousand links. So it's like yeah, it's very big. It's a very big uh, visualization. And we first had color in there, and we've got a lot of dimensions that we could map color onto. So there were a lot of things we could use color for. But in the end, it was not about that. It was about showing these connections and the color. 
like took so much away from this from the actual insight here <clears throat> and so I reduced it and said okay no, let's do it black and white and um, this is like the important thing mm -hmm. so that's also maybe maybe a big difference like in the tennis project uh, we try to show the entire uh, scientific process in visual form and um, in that project it's really reduced it's a single single thing that we're focusing on so it's very different and yeah the perception is amazing I've got like this week I had interviews every day like it's madness <laughs> so really it's yeah it's going wild mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's very interesting and and i think you're right these are very different projects in a sense are very complementary like the tennis one is very much about making sense out of a big mess of data and finding a good model to explain all the variables and you know this type of thing and uh, the cosmic web is maybe more about having a certain thought and illustrating that thought or illustrating uh more of an essence of an idea, right? Than than yeah. dealing with all the nitty gritty of the the data set. Yeah, 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 for sure. But what's also interesting is that the scientists in the cosmic web visualization found this so interesting and found this so insightful for their work and how this clustering is happening and how the components work with one another. Uh, that they actually made me co-author of the paper, mm -hmm. so wow. uh, they decided to put me on this paper, and then then it's on the other side. It's also this big success for like the general public. So this is a very successful paper from my perspective. So Kim, can you talk a little bit about your your toolbox? What kind of software you use? Libraries, um, programming languages. I know our listeners love the geeky stuff. So what I should say or mention is I'm a designer. So all my like coding skills are self-taught and I'm, I'm most probably not the, not the best person in that. But um, I'm using nowadays pretty much only JavaScript. Like I was using, I, I taught myself in the beginning processing and then I came to Potsdam and everybody was like, no, JavaScript is like... It's like the way to go, and it took me a long time. It was very hard, and <laughs> but now it's working very well. And I mean, D3 is amazing, and I'm, I love D3. And for the Cosmic Web, I use 3JS. So yeah, those are my. But it's it's very basic. I'm not using any Node.js or any. It's very simple. Most of the things I do. Do you use anything to explore the data before generating any any of your visualizations, or you just go through just programming from the very beginning? I mean, I'm in a lab with like uh, 30 people who are all like looking at the data all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. it doesn't really make sense that sure. I start doing that. <laughs> and, and a lot of a lot of the data is huge and I mean these people spent like three years looking at this so talking to them for long and like makes more sense often than sure. when I start oh no I'm I'm, I'm doing no things so so when they come to me or when I'm doing things it's most of the time more complex than than what they actually already can do so I don't need to to plot scatter plots they already have scatter yeah, yeah, plots yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. kinds of simple yeah. charts But when I'm when I'm getting involved, it's often um, like having a closer look at the data, and then plotting a lot of dimensions into these things to to discover things. Or like it's also most of the projects deal with networks and their 
they're hard to visualize. It's like it's a big problem to find yeah. really good uh, insightful ways. I'm just having a project. We worked on this for a year now, and we had the first insightful visualizations after one year. It's like of, <laughs> it's of tough, this networks yeah. because it's so mm -hmm. yeah. It's very it's very difficult. So so but then it becomes interesting for me. But I don't need to do like this first steps data analysis. That's pretty much yeah. sorted. That, that's a, a general question I have because obviously I'm also affected. Like how does the science and like data analysis and design collaboration go? Is it, what were your experiences now in the lab? What, what type of things worked well? What type of things were difficult? Are mm -hmm. there common like misconceptions on both sides? Or yeah, what's your experience on this borderline? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's very interesting. I would say it works very well now. Now, as I'm here for one and a half years, people know what I'm doing. But it was like in the beginning, I, I arrived and people came to me and they were like, oh, it's so great that you're here um, because we've got such a hard time doing this like 3D visualizations. <laughs> and it was really, they thought, okay, I'm here now and I'm the 3D guy. So, <laughs> so I got a lot of like comments like that and was like, no, I'm not that. <laughs> it's not what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. so, so we first had to get together and like figure out like what, what is actually, what can be my role. And it's also like I arrived here, nobody told me, hey, this is what you, what you need to do or this is what, what I'm like, what I'm supposed to do. But it's like, okay, talk to everybody and figure out what you want to do. And so it's very open and I had to find my role in this. And, and one interesting thing is everybody is plotting here. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, Everybody is doing charts. Yeah, like yeah. I came here and, and Laszlo himself, so our professor, Laszlo Barabasi, he's an extremely visual person, which is, I think that's why, why I'm here. And he's very much interested in art and he's very, so every presentation anybody gives, it's like actually a series of charts where they try to explain their findings. So... I really had to find my role in this. And I think one thing is that I can provide is um, like more complex arrangements. And the other thing is like interactivity. And I've got a different view of looking at the data. I'm often like making charts that more, okay, let's, let's go really deep down and like look at one individual, but then at all the dimensions of that one individual and not at like millions mm -hmm. um, and then have like this highly aggregated scatter, scatter plot. So, so it's a different approach and in some project, uh, projects it can be very helpful. Yeah, I just want to say that I think you should talk with Ben Schneiderman. I saw him yesterday. Mm -hmm. He's been giving, he gave a presentation at NYU on his uh, new book. He's called The New ABC of Research. And he's been advocating exactly for this kind of teams. It's kind of like very strongly having teams of scientists, engineers, and designers. And the designers part is the one that is really not happening at a wider scale. And um, yeah, I find this concept fascinating. And his argument is that uh, in order to tackle today's problems, we need this kind of teams. Otherwise, we won't be able to, or we won't do it fast enough. So that's, I think yeah. it's, it's an interesting argument. But the, yeah, we, we still, I think, need to figure out what this role of the designer in this process is. I mean, and, and I think there are a lot of projects in the lab that are going on that where I'm not helpful or mm -hmm. where I'm not, not useful to join. But then there are sometimes the things where, where it's really a good collaboration and where, where we can achieve like amazing things through this. So, so, but 
I haven't figured out what the best way <laughs> way is. I am really <clears throat> Isabel Moraes, um like introduced me to the thoughts of Peter Gallison. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know him. He's amazing. I think his his readings or his writings about this, like about this collaboration in art and science, it's like it's great. So so he's talking a lot about it and and yeah, the, I'm I'm very inspired by that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can put a few links in the in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah, sounds amazing. Sure. And I totally agree. It's not enough to just postulate that you know we need to work together more and put some people in the same room where we actually need to figure this out together like how it actually works and yeah, yeah, as yeah. you say in some cases it works better in others you know it's it doesn't work as well and yeah it's uh, it's a constant exploration yeah, it's an interesting I process i have to say visualization is an area where this is happening on a very interesting scale there are people yeah, coming yeah. from very different backgrounds so that's yeah. fascinating yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Thanks so much for coming on the show, yeah. Kim. We can't wait to see what you're up to next. Yeah, thanks for having me. Communicate more science for us, please. It's, uh, yeah. it's always uh, <laughs> I will, I will. such a joy. <laughs> and yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks a lot, yes, Kim. Yes, have a good day. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Data Stories again. Before you leave, we have a request. If you can spend a couple of minutes reading us on iTunes, that would be extremely helpful for the show. And here's also some information on the many ways you can get news directly from us. We're, of course, on Twitter at twitter.com slash datastories. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast, all in one word. And we also have an email newsletter. So if you want to get news directly into your inbox and be notified whenever we publish an episode, you can go to our homepage, datastory.es, and look for the link that you find on the bottom in the footer. So one last thing that we want to tell you is that we love to get in touch with our listeners, especially if you want to suggest a way to improve the show or amazing people you want us to invite or even projects you want to us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Uh, it's always a great thing for us. And that's all for now. See you next time. And thanks for listening to Data Stories. <music> Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with Click Sense, which you can download for free at www.click.de/datastories.